Welcome to CISO's Insiders Podcast, powered by GRC Consulting. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm speaking to Tung. Uh, Tung is the current director of cybersecurity over at Denver Water. Uh, and before that, um, you know, going back and looking at your bio, I see that you started off uh, about almost 20 years ago, well, uh, maybe 15, 16 years ago, as an information security specialist at uh, over at MSA De- MSU Denver. Uh, you held a couple of security engineer roles, senior security uh, engineer, uh, architect, before moving into your current position of director of cybersecurity. Um, maybe you'd like to step in and tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, thank, thanks, Ben, for having me today. Um, yeah, again, my name is Tong Wing, and I am the uh, current director of information security at Denver Water. Um, in my current role, uh, am, I am responsible for managing and mitigating um, the, the risk of our information security, um, information technology, and operational technology um, to ensure that uh, we can continuously deliver uh, clean and safe water uh, to uh, 1.5 million customers uh, in Denver and the surrounding areas. And that, um, in 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 my role, I'm I'm also responsible. Some of the areas that I'm responsible for, including risk management, governance, compliance, um, security operations, uh, you know, security architectures. Uh, industrial security control uh, security as well. Um, I've been um, with Denver Water for over 11 years there, as you mentioned, uh, you know, um, and, and I was a security engineer and security architect before that role. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about myself there. Okay, thank you, Bob. Uh, thank you for that. So it seems like you uh, come from a very technical background before you moved into a more uh, leadership prone role you know that i'm assuming you provide a lot of uh, guidance uh, setting po- settings of policies and whatnot uh and you're also in uh you know i don't get the chance to speak every day with uh, someone who's responsible for cyber security uh at a company or at a facility that also has a lot of uh um, ot type of technology involved so maybe we can touch about that just briefly uh going forward here uh but before that i always like to start with a couple of icebreakers uh i can you share your marital status and favorite drink yeah um so i'm married uh and uh i have two kids um, um one son and one daughter um love them uh to death there uh, and um, uh, so drinking, I I was a beer drinker for a long time, uh, and, and my go-to uh, uh, ones were either uh, Blue Moon or Fat Tire. Um, but but for the the last couple years, uh, especially in this new role as as the directors, I actually started being drinking a lot of whiskey. Um, you know, uh, in old fashions and is is my go-to nowadays. Uh, and I don't know why, you know, my colleagues and and myself start to drink more whiskey there, but it seems like it's this it's a trend, and um, I guess yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely a trend. We should uh, na- rename this podcast to uh, Bourbons and Sizzles and Bourbons, or Sizzles and Whiskeys, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, old fashioned. So that's a bourbon, right? I think. Um, yeah, old yeah. whiskey. Yes, we can can be whiskey too. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Okay, great. So today, I mean, really, I want to 
you know, um, tap into your mind and pick your brains on a couple of topics. And it's basically we're going to focus uh, talking about you, your journey, uh, the industry, the role of the CISO. It's not going to be talking about, you know, your company specifically, unless there's anything you would like to share. But uh, that's not the intent. Uh, and with that, we can get started and, uh, you know, dive in. If there's one thing you wish you'd known before you began your career, what would that be? Oh, um, probably too many things that I wish I I, uh, I would have known um, before I started my career. But if there's one thing, it would be um, the cybersecurity field. Uh, it's not um it's not an eight to five job. It's um it's and and it's required um that you you need to have a passion uh, on the for the field. You need to have you have to have that curiosity as well. It is is it to me is essential um, uh, for for Korean cybersecurity. Uh, I I I recall my early years in 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 IT before I even start uh, uh, cybersecurity. Um, I was a, a, an IT technician for um, the the registrar office at the um, a local university here uh, in. In, in Colorado, and one day I came into work, and you know my my colleagues and my 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 friends were talking about uh, an incident that ju they just discovered. Uh, one of their network printers um, was compromised, uh, and and you know I immediately start having questions in my head, like um, how did they compromise that printer? Why did they want to compromise the printer? You know, and, and how long have they been? Um, uh, on that printer, and 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 uh, how do we know what they have done uh, in our network uh, um, uh, from uh, using that printer for? And all of those questions, um, I I didn't get to answer it when I was um, when I when I was there with um, with the, the restaurant office there, but um, I get to. Later on, you know, peeling those questions one at a time, uh, but it's have to. It's, it's, I have to spend a lot more time to do research, to learn about uh, forensic, learn about um, uh, incident response, and be able to answer some of those questions. So it's, it's required educations require you to ask the right questions. Always want to ask how, why those questions. The curiosity is just so important uh, in in this field. Yeah, so you were talking about uh, needing to have, uh, you know, a healthy dose of curiosity and passion in order to, you know, succeed in, in this uh, world of cybersecurity. Um, great. So looking back at your career, what would you say your biggest failure was? As you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, I I'm come from a, a technical background. You know, I... I I was an administrator and a security analyst, engineer, architect. So whenever I look at a a, a, a system or a network, uh, I I see I immediately see a lot of problems. You know, I'm pretty good at actually at it uh, uh, at identifying problems in in these system in these network. Um, but at the same time, I didn't realize that I actually create a lot of unnecessary frictions and um, and roadblocks to to my stakeholders and business owners. And and later on, I come to realize that 
that is actually not what security is all about. Uh, it, it's, it's about risk management. Uh, be able to leverage security uh, as an, uh, uh, an enabler uh, so that the business can move faster. Um, they, they can be more resilient uh, and be able to increase their revenue and profit. Um, not many organizations um, um, out there, not, not, not many business, they are in business to, uh, of security. They are in, the, in, in other business. So security is just um, a, a support role there. But how you enable your business going faster and, and, and make more money is actually what is, that is the role of cybersecurity. Uh, do, doing it in a safe manner, not, not, not fixing all the problems that you just identified. Because there's a lot more problem that you can fix. Uh, and so that's probably one of the biggest um, failure in my old career that now I, I realize um, that um, security, especially engineers, technical folks, uh, tend to fall into. Mm -hmm. You know, I started off my career in IT as well. And I remember two things that, uh, you know, that resonates when, when, you know, when listening to you. One is, yeah, you always want to fix stuff that might not need fixing or you always want to install stuff that, you know, might be cool for you, but might not provide as as much value to the organization. And yeah. the other thing that I remember was that the worst enemy of the IT folks was always the users, right? They were like, oh, if there's one, yeah. if there's an issue, it's the user's fault. Yeah. Time and time and time again. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, and, you know, reflecting back on your perceived failure, what would you say your biggest accomplishment was? I don't, I don't know if I, I've done anything significant to consider a biggest accomplishment to mention it here. But if I have to say, uh, something, it would be, um, so I remember, I, um, I immigrated here with my family, um, in, in, in late 90. Um, and, and I remember my dad told me that, um, uh, it told me and my brothers, actually. And, it, and he said that this is, uh, uh, the land of opportunity. Uh, and, and, and he hoped that, um, we take advantage of this opportunity, right? And then be able to, uh, put a, a roof above our head. Uh, and, and, and when, when we have a family, hopefully we can take care of our family. And, and, and I feel like I, I've done that. Uh, and so I think that's probably my biggest accomplishment today, up until today. So the biggest accomplishment was actually you being able to seize that opportunity of your family relocated, relocating to the U.S. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, Looking at the industry out there with all the transitions and shifts and all the things that are going on right now, you know, we had a very crazy year. Well, crazy couple of years, actually. The market was booming. Cyber security positions were, you know, um, we, we were missing a lot of those. Or we still are, I think, but the market is going through a transition right now. And a lot of people that want to go into the cybersecurity world really ask themselves and, and again this is based on conversations that i have with colleagues and and noobs in, in the industry uh what would you say like if someone wants to start a career in cybersecurity, where should they start what advice can you give based on your many years in the industry 
Um, I would say that um, so in in information security, I feel like if we don't if we don't know how things works, it's it's difficult to 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 secure something we don't know. Uh, we don't know how it works. So if anything, um, I I would I would suggest folks who want to enter this field, um, you know, pick something that they want to know more, uh, whether it's the system, whether it's network, whether it's uh, development, uh, pick something you 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 want to learn more, start learning a bit more about it, start to ask some, those curious questions that, that we mentioned previously, hey, how does this work? Uh, and and start to just explore more. Uh, and, um, and, and we, uh, in leadership uh, today, um, I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I no longer actually want, uh, looking for folks with experience immediately. I mean, it's nice to, to, to hire folks with, with experience, with information security experience, but that is not what I, what is my, my priority. Um, today I'm looking for folks who know how to ask the right questions, uh, who, um, who know how, um, how they, how they learn, how they want to keep themselves up to date. What is their goal? Trying to understand, do they have the traits, the right traits, um, to, to be, to, to excel in this field, uh, and, 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 and developing them. Um, I, 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 it's not, so, so I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say is, um, um, pick something you, you, you interest in. And and learn more about it, uh, and 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 um, especially, um, you know, those foundational knowledge about networking, IT technologies. Uh, good foundation is 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 I think what they need to start with. Don't 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 try to feel rushed and come in and want to be an analyst immediately, an engineer immediately. Uh, without those those foundations of of, of, of uh, foundational knowledge of technologies of, of networking of system uh, operating system and so on, um, that's where I would start learning. So just to do a quick recap, you were talking about two main things. I think one uh, is that, uh, from what I understand, that you value critical thinking and the ability for an individual to be able to ask why is it, why does it work the way it does and how does it work would actually help you as leadership being able to assess whether or not this individual will be, you know, appropriate with a specific role. And then you also mentioned uh, the importance of having a solid enough foundation which probably would be a derivative of the of the former, like you know, being able to ask yourself questions, right? Yep. Good good advices, yep. yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and looking back at your own career and your own journey, what were the best resources that have helped you along the way to you know better educate yourself and to improve yourself both as a professional professional and as a leader? Um. You know, I, I, the very first resources that I tap in, um, to, 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 to learn more about security, 
um, was with the, the SANS Institute of Technology. Um, they, they, I took the very first training with them. I enjoy it so much. Um, it's, it's, so, it's, it's a practical um, um, uh, exercise and, and knowledge that I can immediately be able to take it back to, to, to apply um, at, at, at my, in my job. And, and the things about it is um, there's so much no, uh, um, knowledge and, 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 and uh, materials in, in those trainings. And so I, I, I often see myself going back and reference it and, and go back and read in those, those materials. So that's, that's one of the main sources. Um, the, the information security community on Twitter um, is another great source. Um, to keep yourself up to date. Uh, I, I, that's where I spend at least half an hour every day trying to keep myself up to date, trying to, because that's where, you know, folks who, who are doing a lot of security research share their, 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 their findings and, and their new techniques and resources, uh, uh, learning resources and so on. Um, so I, I, I've learned a lot from those folks. Um, the, um, the, uh, the CISO community, um, uh, locally here in Colorado, as well as the, uh, some of the, 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 the CISO community, uh, across, um, the U.S. that I'm a member of, um, learn a lot from my peers, learn a lot about their leadership style, uh, how to solve a problem, how, what sort of some of the challenges that they, they, they're dealing with and how they approach it. So that's kind of helped me a lot also, um, in my current role. Um, but yeah, there's formal training and informal trainings that I, I, I tap into uh, to 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 keep my uh, to continue to learn. Uh, we we have to continue to learn. This field is so large, so, and and uh, there's so much we don't know. Uh, nobody, I, I doubt that anybody would say they know everything about information security. So we all have to keep learning. And in your opinion, just a quick follow-up question on that: What's the importance or, uh, of uh, certificates, in your opinion? Is it required? Is it just a nice to have? Is it really valuable, or is it just you know for the purpose of having something? Yeah, um, it's it's interesting that you ask that questions. Um, there's a lot of folks asking me that questions, and um, I I. I, I, I set a, um, a goal for myself to, to, um, to take a, a training course and, and, and take a test about for that course every year. Uh, not because I need the certificate or the certificate is important, um, to me, but it's helped me to validate what I've learned. Um, is, is, is the, the objective there. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's good to have, um, it's, it's, um, I don't think it's required. Uh, I think ex your experience probably can speak to to it more, can can help you more um, in your career than than the certificate. But I think it's a nice thing to have. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, looking at the industry right now and the cybersecurity field, is there one common myth that uh, about our profession that you wanted to debunk? I think one thing I would want to debunk right here is, uh, in order to work in information security, you have to have IT experience. 
that is no longer a requirement in my opinion. Um, that it, that you can be, you can be an accountant and, and you can start your career in information security. Um, because we, we are looking for, a, for, um, different, a different, a fresh look up, uh, about information security problems. Um, so, um, we, 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 we are, we, we are dying to have those, those, those new fresh airs into this field. We, we, we don't want to just have the view from a, a technologist, um, anymore. We, we want a, a different view about, uh, a one problem. How do we solve that problem, uh, better, more efficient? Is there a better way to do it? And so, so I'll, that is no longer a requirement. That's, I think that's a myth to me. Thank you. Interesting. Yeah. And we'll definitely touch more about that in, you know, our following questions about the role of the CISO and the transition of that role in the past 10, 15 years. So we'll have a chance to revisit that topic because I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. But before that, I wanted to touch on specifically because you're in a you know very specialized field i want to talk just a bit about the ot you know and for our listeners out there maybe you could start off by explaining what's ot what's the difference between ot and it and iot maybe yeah so so let's start with ot operational technology um it, it's a term that defines um software uh, Hardware and software whose purpose uh, is to monitor and control um, a performance of a, of a, um, a physical device, uh, whether it's a pump stations, uh, a pump, uh, a pump, or whether it's a it's a, um, a, a machine that that help with the manufacturer's line. Um, uh, but these systems um, support they they they. In, for, for the most part, they support missions critical operations. You know, it's, uh, water, power, manufacturers, uh, chemical, um, and 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 the, the, the these they 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 perform a discrete functions, uh, physical tasks. Um, whether they is is open a valve, close a valve, um, uh, start a pump, um, and 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 start and stop a pump. Uh, um, a water pump, for example. Uh, so that's those are operational technology. Um, IT, as we know, are system and software and technologies that um, store, process data, mainly um, for for business purposes. Um, now, IoT. Um, so, if you look at OT, uh, you typically traditionally you would see. Um, there might be a sensor. There's a there's a physical machine, and there's a sensor that tie, that connected that machine. Uh, there's a, a, a PLC programmable uh, programmable uh, logic controller um, that uh, provide the logic um, uh, for that that machine to perform a function. Uh, IoT, all of that um, uh, in in general, they would be an, an embedded in one device. Yeah, the the sensor, the 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 logic, uh, and the machine itself—they're all in one device, uh, like a smart um, um, uh, a smart camera, a smart um, th- um, uh, temperatures. You know, those are some of the examples of IoT. 
Um, so, and, and they connect it to uh, a network, um, either a private network or uh, uh, over the internet uh, for management to send data. So those are IoT devices. Got it. Thank you for that. And can you speak briefly about the unique challenges uh, to this space? Yeah. So, so um, OT. One of the unique challenge, uh, unique uh, challenge in this space is there's a pervasive um, uh, legacy systems in in in, in operational technology. Uh, these programmable logic controllers, for example, they they were uh, um, install uh, in in the early '70s, um, and, and and so we don't patch these. Security wasn't a requirement back in the '70s, uh, but they install everywhere, right? To uh, to to support these critical missions uh, uh, operations, and 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 that's one big problem. Another problem we have, another challenge we have, is these um, network device. Um, uh, they they use very insecure protocols. Um, it, it's not uncommon to see that you can communicate to these um, um, PLC, these uh, sensor, remotely with, without authentication or authorizations. Uh, and 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 another challenge is um, as we start connecting these devices to um, to the business network um, to to be more efficient to move to and uh, to be able to take advantage and learn more about the data that's produced, we start to see that a lot more risk is being introduced into these traditionally isolated, um, no connected to the internet, uh, and and very um, and and locally to a particular site. Start to have network connectivity. Start to have uh, kind of connection to the business network, uh, and 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 those are some of the challenges that I think very unique um, to this this OT space. Mm -hmm. And you know, to put it in layman terms, I think a successful hack in the traditional cybersecurity world would be, you know, the theft of uh, personal information or health information or credit credit card re related information. A successful, uh, a successful attack or breach in the OT space might result in no water, no electricity, things of that nature. Correct? Yeah, and human uh, death as well. Uh, you know, correct. if you can cause a, a failure uh, on a dam, um, you can you can potentially kill a lot of people downstream um mm -hmm. with, with a sudden really a release of, of, of a massive amount of water for example or if you can cause kinetic um um damage to these uh to 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 from from these system it can kill people too so if loss of life is also another concern not just loss of uh, um, um um resources and um and services yeah of course uh okay thank you for that explanation um could you uh, are you aware or uh, i don't know if, if you're aware or can share about like an industry uh, an example of an industry breach that was related to ot yeah so you probably you and your listener probably have, have heard um enough of the oldsmar incidents um in florida so i'm not going to mention that 
um, I thought I would share a different one that uh, I haven't heard people talking much about. It. Maybe it's because it's, it, it was on, on old names. But uh, in early um, 2000, um, there's a, a sewage uh, system in uh, Maroochy Shire uh, in, in Australia experienced a, a major incident. Uh, it's, it's pretty much almost overnight. Uh, they was, they, they, they saw hundreds of thousands of gallons of sewage was released into the river and the coastal waters, um, uh, of the town. Um, and, and, um, a long story short, and, and, and so the, this, this, this town has about 130,000, um, residents and they have these about 150, um, uh, pump stations across town. And long story short, um, the, 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 the root cause was, um, they, they have a technicians who apply for a, a job at the local government site, the uh, government there at the, at the town and they didn't, he didn't get it. Um, but before that, he worked for the company who uh, maintained the sewage system, uh, for the town. And so he took his stolen radio system, which is these pump stations. Um, they are not internet connected, right? So they, they are, you have to communicate through the two way radio systems there. So you have to be close to the site, to the pump stations there. If you want to remotely control it or change it. Um, and, and so he would took the, his, the, the, the two way radio uh, system that they used the, the use at the site there and the software. Uh, from from his old company, and he would he would park nearby the site and actually start open making chains, uh, reprogram these pumps, and start to release sewage water, um, um, uh, just just to cause damage to the town. Uh, so that's probably one of the uh, real life example that I thought is is interesting to share. Yeah, super interesting. And now that you've mentioned it, I think I have read about it. Uh a while back but yeah thank you for sharing that uh for with our listeners um switching gears here uh let's talk about uh, a bit about the role of the CISO nowadays and, and i think i believe you mentioned it uh, before in one of our you know uh, a few minutes ago in one of my previous questions that this that it is no longer you know the found must must have or must be the foundation of our uh, role in cybersecurity. Uh, but as as you mentioned, uh, I mean it's it's the role right now. It's not as technical as it used to be. Uh, and whereas you know we still need to have a foundation, that might not be the most important thing. So I want to touch on the role of the CISO from a couple of uh, in, in a couple of ways from a, a few different angles. Let's start off with, uh, in your opinion, what are the main concerns that CISOs nowadays should have? Um, main concern, I, I feel like there are just too many, but I, I, I'm going to, I thought I would uh, share a few of them. Um, we are all concerned about um, ransomware attack today. Uh, it is pervasive. It, it just is, feel like it's, um, it is something that we, we still, we still learning. We still not able to get uh, a good handle uh, of the, the ransomware type attack. But I think a bigger, bigger concern uh, to me is we we all are targets on the internet today. You know? So so sooner or later, you know, one of us will get hit. 
uh, is whether when is your time, I don't know. When is my time, I don't know. But it's gonna happen. But 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 if it happened, do we know if we can recover from 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 these major um, ransomware attacks? Um, do, do do we got punched in the face once and they knock us out and then we we went out business? Um, or can we recover from those? Can we take a few punches and still be able to resume, continue with our business? I think recovery is probably one of my biggest uh, concerns. Um, uh, the ability to recover our system uh, so we can resume our business is probably my biggest concern today. Um, another concern that I I have is um, third party risk. You know, the the we especially the the type of attack that's similar to to solo win. I think that's going to continue to be um, evolved. Um, supply chains attack, um, uh, source code um, uh, type of attacks from third party um, uh, source code that we we use in all kind of software today. I think is is going to continue to evolve, continue to be a a major concern for all of us. Uh, I don't think it is the last time we're going to see the solo solo wind type of attack uh, from a third party risk perspective. Yeah, for sure, it's only going to be the the last one. That's for sure. Um, and let's talk a bit about the skills of the CISOs nowadays. Uh, as you mentioned, we we've already had that discussion about IT versus business. We're where do you stand on that? What do you think the CISO nowadays should should have uh, as traits and as and as you know records like lines in his resume, in their resume? Um, you know, I what I see is the business leaders, the shareholders, the executive management, the regulators, board directors—they all um, want have a need to understand. Um, the financial and business impact um, associated with a cyber um, cyber event. Um, so I think one of the most important skills the system need to should have, excuse me, is the 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 ability to identify, quantify, and communicate the organization's cyber risk exposure um, in, in in a quantitative uh, means. So that they they can understand and be able to properly invest, uh, appropriately invest uh, uh, into the the risk treatments uh, for these risks. Um, I think that's that's where we need to spend more time uh, because it's not like the business or uh, they don't want to know. It's just that it is just so we, we're not properly communicated to the, in in the language that they can understand because they understand risk very well. Business risk they understand very well. So we need to treat cyber risk as a business risk and communicate in a business uh, language so that they can understand better. Thank you for that. And you know, uh, a few episodes ago, I think I've interviewed one of the co-authors of a framework uh, called FAIR. You were talking about uh, risk quantification, and I believe that this is now probably the leading uh, framework out there for quantifying uh, risk in a and assigning a dollar sign to it. Um, yep. So feel free to tap into episode 55, uh, Jack Freund, uh, PhD. Um, but yeah, thank you. Um, and looking into the future, like five, 10 years from now, where do you see the CISO role is going to? Yeah, so 
I just mentioned, I think the, because we need to treat cyber risk as a business risk. I think the, the CISRO role need to be more business focused in the futures. Uh, mm-hmm. we need to become that business leader, just like other, um, C, C level, um, um, uh, in the team, you know, the chief financial officer, uh, chief legal, they all, they, they all focusing on the business. Uh, and so, so we, we need to be part of it. We need to focus on the business as well. Uh, we need to align, uh, our, our plan to the business plan, uh, to the missions and visions of, of the organizations. Uh, we need to be able to push the business forward and not being a, a burden. Um, you know, it's, it, that's, I think, where we need to, system need to be in the future. Okay. Thank you. Um, what do you think you will see in the industry next? The cybersecurity industry as a whole? Yeah. Um, I think uh, we continue to be overwhelmed with the amount of data that we had to process and consume uh, in, in the cyberspace. So I think, um, I think AI and machine learning, while it's, uh, it's definitely a buzzword today, but I think we, we, we need to rely on it. Uh, we need to improve it, uh, the, the, the artificial intelligence and the machine learning technologies to help us process this, this mountain of data to be able to identify trends, patterns, behavior, uh, of, of, of users to be able to, um, because if we only wait until an attack to happen and identifying it, it's probably too late. The, the system in the future is we need technologies that can help us um, identify and address these unknowns uh, in the futures, um, and 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 not just not just be able to address with the known risks today. And so I think AI is going to play a major role um, in the futures in, in helping us with network behavior analytics, uh, with threat intelligence. Um, uh, and so I think that's 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 where we're going to be going next mm-hmm. to help with with the cyber problem. Well, as long as we don't uh, <clears throat> inadvertently create Skynet, and uh, you know, you uh, know how that you ends. Know, Believe it or not, I have, I, I thought about it and I say, we can be very close to it. Uh, it's, it might be there. We might be there sooner than you, we, we thought. Yeah. Well, it's a frightening th- thought, but you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So I choose to ignore it for now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's talk. We're almost at the tail end of our time today, of our episode today. Let's talk a bit about vendors. Uh, in your opinion, what should vendors stop doing? I think they need to stop selling snake oil, um, selling unicorn, uh, it, because they, it doesn't exist yet. I, I, I don't believe any of them has that kind of technology. Uh, now, what I want to know more is when vendor reaching out, tell me what problem you're trying to solve. How do you think you solve that problem better than anyone else? And give me the how. Show me the how. Um, if you believe that you solve that problem better, I want to learn more about it. Because it might be the problem I, I already have a solution 
uh, today. But if you solve it better, more effective, um, I want to know more of that. <clears throat> Got it. Thank you. Um, and I understand that uh, you want vendors to stop, you know, overpromising and underdelivering. But and you know, my next question might uh, might be easy to answer. But what is it? What is it that you are looking for in a vendor then? Um, uh, transparency and some integrity, because I, I'm, I'm. I'm very cautious approaching any vendor today because I've got burned before. Um, and, and I'm, I, I, it's hard for me to find, to, 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 uh, to know whether a vendor is, is upfront, uh, with me, uh, be transparent with me or not. And so those are a couple of things that I'm, I'm, I'm asking them to do. Anyone specific in the industry that you feel, you know, has been a mentor knowingly or unknowingly to you that you wanted to mention? Yep. He probably doesn't know, but um, um, the one that I looked up uh, to uh, um, the most and, and have been listening and following the most uh, very closely, probably uh, Dr. Eric Cole. Uh, he he was with the Sands Institute for many many years um, as an as an instructor. Uh, he's a fellow um, at, at Sands as well. He he now has his own business and 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 do uh, CISO training uh, nowadays as his focus. But he was a uh, he was very effective with his um, his training techniques and, and his communication skills. I've learned a lot from him. He's he, very easy to understand um, a concept when he explained it. Uh, and now his, the, you know, he's now a thought leader that have very provocative um, type of uh, leadership. And so um, I, I, I love to listen to, 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 to his talk and his speech there and always learn uh, something new from him. Um, uh, John Strains from Black Hills Information Security will be uh, another that I would I would put on that list. Um, very, uh, he he's no he has no hidden agenda. He he, he speaks his mind, uh, and um, you know he he share his lessons and and very um, very upfront um, with his 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 discussions. Thank you. And uh, so, what's the best way to connect with you online? Um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm I'm more uh, less of a, a passive uh, um, reader there than an active one. Um, so um, um, feel free to connect uh, uh, with me on LinkedIn. I'm more active uh, there. LinkedIn it is. Uh, and final question before we I let you go. If money was never an issue, what would you do with your life? I would um, I would do more charity work. Um, there, there were a lot of folks that um, had helped me um, as, as strangers, just helping another strangers uh, in my early years, uh, uh, immigrated here into the U.S. So I want to give it back. Uh, I want to... Um, whether I have money or not, when I retire, that is probably something I'm gonna spend more time on. Yeah, maybe educating the the young generation then, as well. Yeah, probably do that too. 
Got it. Well, thank you for that, Tung. And I think with that, we could wrap today's episode. I wanted to thank you for taking the time. We're just about to, you know, start the holiday season here in the U.S. Uh, so that, that would probably be the last uh, session I record this year. Um, so thank you again. Uh, I had a pleasure talking with you. And um, yeah, looking forward to get to, to stay connected in the future. Any final thank thoughts? Thank you, Ben, uh, again for having me um, on your podcast. And uh, yeah, have a have a wonderful um, holiday. Yeah, and you as well. Thank you.